0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with your co-host, Richard Geiger. Pudding. <laughs> Keep it simple. We also have a, a wonderful guest with us today, our good friend Delvin Cox.
1: I have a question. Yes. I'm really a guest. I've been here a lot, so at some point it's not like you're a guest. <laughs> mm, that's true. Somebody well, somebody who just comes in. I
0: don't know. It's it's you know, you have friends over. There's still a guest to your house, you know, right? It's true. You have guest towels.
2: What, what okay, let's put it this way. What would you like to be called?
1: The unofficial third member. I th-
0: I think we can go with that. Unofficial third member Delvin Cox. I like it. I like
1: it.
2: <laughs> there we go. There we go.
0: Uh so, this episode is going to be another of our semi-famous Partially famous, maybe somebody's heard of it. Movie reviews. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done a movie review, right?
2: It's been, oh gosh, Spider Man.
0: Yeah, so we've uh we've we've had our hands full with a few other things, a few other interviews and fun things going on, and there was a bit of a lull in some comic movies. So we uh, we we like to wait to have the the full review for the really good comic movies, or at least. the the comic movies they can sometimes not be as good yeah but uh okay so for those of us that uh, are new to listening to one of our movie reviews we tend to do a spoiler free version at the beginning so that we can give just a general idea of whether you should see it in the theaters whether you should wait for it on streaming buy it on blu-ray or possibly give it a pass altogether uh then we will go into the spoiler heavy section where we will cut into the movie into its major components. We'll talk about the director. We'll talk about the actors. We will talk about the environments that they tend to go to, the clothing that is created for them. Every little facet, all of them will have points that we will assign that can potentially add up to 100 points, just like we're back in elementary or middle school and hoping that the teacher gives us a good enough grade that we can take it home and the parents won't be
2: angry. Just got to get a D.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I always liked about this review system? It feels like it's the most accurate way to do reviews, and it's the most detailed way. So you're going to get a definitive answer on this podcast Mm -hmm. whether a movie is good or it sucks.
0: We'd like, to, we'd like to think that, but also my main thought in putting this together, I know we we talked about this quite a bit, is consistency. A lot of times when I would just originally, I don't know about you, Delvin, but when I would look at a movie and kind of give it a general score, um, it wouldn't always hold up over time because my my thoughts would change potentially or since I'm looking at it in, in a vacuum without looking at it against anything else, it's hard to give it a, a real score. You might think that it's a B, but you forgot about certain other things. So by doing it this way, we can kind of keep it and we can look back at our, uh, our scoring over the time and go, yeah, that still holds up to where I would call it that score right now.
2: So yeah. w- one thing that I've did, I've done the last couple of days because so, uh, Terminator is one of the new movies that's coming out, right? L- like it or love it or whatever. Um, uh, I've had a contention about one of the Terminator movies, Terminator 2, that it's actually one of the best movies of all time. And a certain significant other of mine wholeheartedly agrees, disagrees. (laughs) But uh, it got me to wondering, um, what did the reviews, like what, so when Siskel and Ebert reviewed these movies, how did they do a review on them? What did they give on these? Now, if you think about those reviews, they did it for like five minutes just because it was on TV. They had to review three movies and they gave it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. In 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 our grading scale, a thumbs up could literally be a 60. Yeah. Right? Because that's still passing in, but, in, in, in a grade, if you want to look at it from a grade scale. So for, t, for you to give it a thumbs down, you really got to not like this movie. So I, I think about when when we have our scores together in these, if, if we give a, a movie a 70, that sounds bad, but actually that's still enjoyable. That's average, right?
1: Yeah.
0: But I just real quick, Siskel and Ebert, those guys were brilliant. The thumbs up, thumbs down. Th- they didn't have to actually defend that ever, ever. Cause it's, I liked it or I didn't.
2: Yeah. And <laughs> like, like the movies that I, the, I, I started on this, like, stream of, okay, well, below, below Terminator 2, they had reviews for other movies, so you could just go and watch, like, Aliens, all these things, mm-hmm. and, you know, one would say, oh, it had all these great things in it, but I didn't like it, or it had these things that weren't good in it, but I liked it, you know, so, like, it was just so, obviously, anything is subjective, but so much of a, I liked nothing in it, thumbs up, you know, <laughs> so I there, it, it was funny to watch, uh, but I just, I remember watching them do reviews on, I want to say, WGN because um, they're from Chicago. So I had th- yeah. five stations and one of them was WGN when I was younger.
0: Well, let's start with the spoiler-free, Delvin. What did you think about the movie?
1: I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I think it's, thank God, is one of DC's better movies. I'll probably say one of their best movies. And I I feel like it's something we talked about earlier when we did the Shazam review. It's them going down this different path where they're finding success. Not necessarily having a connected universe and stuff like that, but just telling self-contained stories is clearly working for them.
2: Yeah. I um, I like Daniel Day Lewis. Okay. This is not this movie, but No, I'm I confused not for a minute. A lot of his movies are just he is on center stage. And something goes on, and he carries these movies by Mm -hmm. him being a centerpiece. I feel like this was a Joaquin movie centerpiece. Like, Mm -hmm. if you didn't know DC, and you didn't know the universe or the story behind it, all you're watching is one person go through and create a character, effectively from start to kind of finish, right? And it is an acting showcase i think it's hard it's hard to say that it's a complete story but if you go into this as a standalone thing i think it's just a great piece of one-off one person acting
0: i uh i kind of agree with that um this is definitely a film that you should see now whether you should see it in the theater or not That's kind of debatable because a lot of times a movie should be seen in the theater because the experience of the theater brings something to it that you wouldn't get at home. I'm not certain that that really is the case for this particular movie.
2: Correct. I agree.
0: Now, that being said, it is a movie that should be seen because it is in many ways exceptional. I'm not going to say it's the best movie I've ever seen. I'm not even going to say it's the best comic movie uh, based movie I've ever seen, but it is superlative. It is, it is, it is quite good. And whether you see it in the theater or, uh, stream it, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. Yep. So now we've gotten the easy stuff out of the way. Let's, uh, let's delve into something a little deeper, but of course, before we get there,
2: you said delve in,
0: I did. (laughs) 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 I was going to see who caught that. Um, but uh, before we get there, we of course want to remind our gentle listeners that we are easily accessible through a variety of social media interactive uh, platforms. platforms. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for platforms. So we are real putting guys on Twitter, we are putting guys on Facebook, as well as on Instagram. We are putting guys on Patreon, maybe the most important of the platforms. For just one dollar per month, you can support us and help us find new guests to talk to, new equipment to sound better, maybe more than one uh, camera, so that I'm not leaning over quite so far. Well, and...
2: we've got more than one camera. Okay, maybe we'll have a computer one... that will support more than one camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe
0: we shouldn't be telling our listeners this.
2: It's our secret. Well, we no, we should, should be so telling. A computer.
0: Yeah, but uh, definitely take a look. The big thing is on Twitter, we have a quote a day. I try and uh, just send out a little something to make people smile, to remind people of those that are no longer with us and some of the wonderful things that they they said. On Facebook, we're going to be kind of giving a reminder of some of the excellent episodes we've had in the past. Instagram, I'm really not sure what's going on with Instagram. Uh, Probably more lawn mowing pics.
2: I did get a new lawn mower. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, A little harder because it's just straight up pictures and videos. And, yeah.
0: Well, but we'll get there. We'll oh, do that, all right. So on to the meat and potatoes. So let's let's start with the basics. I, I often start in this particular category. Uh, we've changed it up the last couple of times, but I really think we need to start in this category this time. We should start with the director. So Todd Phillips. How surprised were you, Delvin? Uh, at the choice for him for this movie,
1: I don't know that much stuff he's done. I know he's done a lot of stuff, but I don't know.
0: Not too familiar with his work. He's done a lot of production. He's done a lot of directing. Um, he, like A Star Is Born, he produced on that. Uh, the Limitless television show, he did production work on that. The Hangover series, he both produced and directed
1: on that That's particular what I set. Him from. Uh, Road because Trip. He had a little controversy. Mm -hmm. surrounding this movie yeah, because some comments he made talking about how comedy is dead or something like that because you can't say what you want to say anymore
0: yeah he was he was calling out uh what a lot of people call pc culture or or possibly even uh just an environment uh uh of cancel i think he called it canceling or something of that nature which is kind of a
1: stupid concept to begin with yes That's and really, it's even more funnier because he did this after the Dave Chappelle special came out. So right. it's, kind of, it's kind of null and void.
0: Not, not exactly a, 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 a salient point, uh,
2: I would say. We forgot one that he did direct Starsky and Hutch.
0: Yeah, I, I was good there. <laughs> I've got it on my list of notes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that one. It's funny. A movie? Ish. Yeah. Snoops in it. Yeah, it's. It, 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 uh, in my, and this obviously is a discussion for another time. It was funny, but I don't think it flowed all that well.
2: No, it, it was when Ben Stiller was still hot. Yeah. And uh. this was not.
0: Yeah. Well, it had oh. a collection. There were some funny scenes. This, not, not as many as I would have hoped.
2: Yeah.
1: Quick, quick sidebar then, since you mentioned Harsh Starskin Hutch, are you guys going to watch Dolomite? You
0: better believe it. Cause it's coming, I think it comes out tomorrow. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm a little behind. I still have to see El Camino. Me too. But uh, we'll, we'll, I'll get there. Uh, he still needs to see past like episode three of Breaking Bad.
2: Yeah, I made it. I made it to like two episodes, I want to say. <laughs> wow. And yes. that's about as far as I've gotten.
1: Uh, oh, Yeah, you got to catch I'm,
2: up. I'm stuck on watching episodes of Party Down now.
0: Yeah, well, there you go but Todd, Hulu. so what I wanted to talk about with Todd Phillips the interesting thing he's got some movies that people really like and he's got some movies that maybe people don't like as much um but the thing that really struck me is there was a running theme comedies with with very little deviation outside of that
2: and yeah, the one before this was what war dogs war dogs right which was not a comedy in the truest sense, no. but was still
0: had its funny moments. Yes. Same thing with the limitless television show. He didn't direct it, but he produced on it. It's a drama, but it had a lot of com a lot of comedy elements. That made me it would it made me just a little nervous, but I have to check myself because I've I've said this many times, seeing directors that don't seem to be cut out for the particular type of movie they're doing, and then end up just nailing it. Jade Gun, yeah,
1: perfect example. Yeah,
0: so I'm I'm trying to stop myself thinking that way, but I still can't help it sometimes when I see it's like, oh, this is the stuff this guy's done before. So we're going back to the '60s Batman Joker, is what I'm (laughs) what I'm getting. (laughs) Little Caesar Romero action.
2: Well, I think, and I I'm no expert on how things work, but I feel like they sometimes they get the script in place, or they get multiple scripts in place. And they'll have directors who will present their script or their idea for the script that is in place. And I'm guessing whatever he presented was just what won out. His idea, his 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 yeah. sight for what this was going to be. And I'm sure it surprised even the producers, I would guess.
0: So obviously the director is a key and important thing uh, in, in getting the the film to stay cohesive to get the the interaction between the, the, the concept and the actors to, to coagulate. Right. How do you think that he did Delvin as a, as a director that, that shifted gears so, so greatly from, from comedy to this?
1: I think he did a good job. There were some elements of the movie. where I was like that while they were good, they could have been a little bit more crisper or sharp. You know, certain elements I was like, uh, I don't know if I liked this a lot, but overall I enjoyed I guess, what would you call it? His, his vision. for foray into this movie. I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. I think he did a good job.
0: Now, we don't have to stay here real long because, I mean, there's not much to be said other than that. I just kind of wanted to to delve a little bit into the history of who he was and what he did because, I mean, really, what else can there be said about okay. the director on this? But um, if you had to give it out of 20 points, where do you think that would hit you, Delvin?
1: I'd give him fifteen.
0: 15 for Delvin. And what I have about...
1: something to say about some of the choices he made later on. Oh, but yeah. But it goes into setting once, and stuff like that. Once
2: we yeah, once we get to there. What about you, good sir? So I think what you see in certain directorial styles is flashiness um, relate related to Clint Eastwood. A lot of people don't like Clint Eastwood movies um, because he presents a movie as a story but is not flashy about it. It's just clean cut and simple. And I kind of feel like that's what you got out of this movie. Mm-hmm. No fancy, uh, scenes or cuts or like spinny camera things. It's like, they're telling a story. The actor was the person telling the story and that's it. Like let's present it clean. So I liked, I like that piece for it. So I've got to go. I, I like the 15. That's what I was thinking the whole time. 15.
0: All right. So maybe I'm a little more forgiving of some of the, i i really liked stylistically the direction he was going um i have to take you know a couple of points away just because of of a handful of things that i i I didn't quite agree with um but all in all I'd, i'd still give him probably an 18 out of 20 on this for me um all right, so let's 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 uh do another easy one. Costuming and props. This is not worth quite as many points. Ten points in this category. Um a lot of very it's not a period piece, so you're not looking at period specific well, clothing, but that
1: is not actually factual. Oh, really? It kinda is. Fill fill me in. Which kind of messed me up, which I want to get into. The movie is technically set in the eighties. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's, yep, and that's the problem. I'm I'm a product of the 80s, so I don't think of that as a
1: period. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's set in the 80s. And sometimes, and that's one of my problems I had in the movie, sometimes it didn't look like it was set in the 80s. It looked like it was set before that time. And I kind of found myself kind of trying to figure out, like, is this supposed to be set in the 80s? Because some of the things in it don't look quite right. It looks more like it's more of the 70s or the 60s. Hmm.
2: Well, I and it kind I, of
1: threw me off a little bit.
2: I I got a little bit of of that too. There's bits and pieces of things that I noticed that I shouldn't notice. But like, if you looked at some of the buildings that they were in on the inside, so like when they went to Arkham, and how it was the in inside some of the walls, it was the clean white subway tile. or like in the staircase, it was like that beige, yellow, polished kind of looking, I don't know how to describe it, that, that type of tile. That's almost exactly what the schools were when I went to elementary school in the 80s. I, I I kind of felt like that looked like a thing from then. And I should have been focusing on what was going on, but instead I was looking at the tile on the walls. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what kind of sold me on, like, where do, where was this building at? like where cuz this building everything looked clean and shiny but old at the same time like where did they film this at this looked and it had that presentation on so i i kind of i thought a lot of those things were spot on almost almost too spot on um so okay well once again <laughs> i was observing things that i shouldn't have been paying attention to but the cars so like when he goes to back home he's walking down the street and then he goes up into his like where the arches are to go back into his apartment right right? all like that area is not the the best area right for in in gotham
0: ah yeah it's, it's it's a lower income area yes
2: but look at all the cars all the cars are period for that 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 time right there was a real nice beetle that was there
0: oh but they're all really
2: nice immaculate (laughs) shiny in perfect condition and i was like um i'm we're missing some details (laughs) you needed to hit them a couple times just a little bit (laughs) once again why i I, I was looking at the most obscured, pointless things but whatever
0: well, that's more uh, – we'll, we'll we'll jump into location instead because that's more background rather than yeah, the yeah, uh, right.
2: costuming and props. What's but, a prop? The car is just a prop.
0: Uh, yeah, but the tile really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I suppose that's true, location thing.
0: You know, I might have to just meld these two categories because so often they, they overlap. I might have to meld them into a single category where it's costuming, props, and location all in one.
2: Well, well I, I mean, this one yeah. – this one I think you can really break down from the costumes, right? Because if like you said Delvin, it's supposed to be 80s, did did you guys think that the attire that these guys had on, the shoes, the the pants, everything, did it seem did it feel like 80s or did you think it was older than that?
1: It felt a little bit more like 70s to me. There were a mess of 80s, but I felt it felt more like that's why I got that's how I kind of got confused because I've seen a lot of people wearing things that you would see them wearing the 70s, like bell bottoms and stuff like that. like think Look that looks a little well. Maybe interesting.
0: maybe that's where the problem is. Because in my mind, where I thought he, they were trying to go is that yeah, it's in, it's in that it's in that period. But I don't know about you. When I was growing up in the eighties, the stuff was not from the eighties; it was from the seventies. So even uh-huh. even though it's that way, it it's still periods correct the only issue is that they didn't take into account wear and tear and and how things would have changed over time
2: because if they were in the position that they were it's not like they were going out and buying brand new clothes every year so yeah. these were just holdovers from the clothes that they might have had from the 70s late 70s
1: yeah so i think i think the, it probably would have made more sense if it was set in the early 80s and that's how i kind of took it yeah yep like this was like eighty two or something like that, as opposed to eighty six and Michael Jackson's out and everybody's wearing Thriller jackets and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and it it felt uh, and we'll talk more about this. Like it felt like they're trying to find a place for this to fit into pre existing lore, uh, movie lore. They're trying to find some movie that it could possibly join and make sense with, and even though it didn't quite fit any of them. Um, and that that just that maybe caused some of the confusion possibly
2: i I, I kind of felt they did it in this time frame so that when he does things or things that have been done, you, like if you did it now there's no way any he could do the things that he did and be anonymous about it mm. but you can in that time Aaron, right there's no cameras there's 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 no reporting, there's no internet, there's no nothing so it's yeah. like
0: they still haven't found the bodies I buried.
1: Toads, because I don't remember correctly. I remember seeing in the movie a lot of black and white TVs. Am I wrong? I think that
2: I don't remember that. I I know what you're talking about. Now, do you think they were black and white, or do you think they were just like awful, like bad? Yes, like the color. I I thought
1: thought they were black and white, but they could have just been terrible TVs. Yeah, just washed out.
0: Because um, I, I I have personal experience with the washed out televisions of that of that time, and if you looked at them from the wrong angle, they definitely would look black and white.
1: Yeah, I think that that could, that could be it that you mentioned. It that could have been it was just washed out TVs, because like all the scenes where he was watching the um, the game show.
0: Yeah, well, speaking
1: the talk of show, not uh, talk uh, show.
0: speaking of the talk show, I thought that set was particularly good. Um, yes. I think that that captured the feeling of of a kind of cheesy talk show of that area, but much like the city, it wasn't up to the same level of quality as you as you might expect. It's not run down, but it's kind of dinky.
2: Were Were they? Do you think they were trying to do like a low grade Carson type of thing?
0: That's what it. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Um. And so if if you're having issues in Gotham and it's and it's not quite the city that New York is or that Los Angeles is, well then the talk show that you're going to have isn't going to be quite the same caliber with the set and it's with true. everything that you've got. Um, I I all in all uh, let let's say we're going to meld these two categories together. I, I liked the I liked the the clothing. I thought the clothing matched even if it was maybe too clean, um, and. They got the concept of squalor through pretty well, um, but um, the, the, the the masks were fine. The, the, the clown masks worked pretty well. Um, I mean, all in all, uh, there wasn't a lot of key items that were going to be difficult to replicate that were going to be important to the plot. I mean, you have what? The pistol. That was important. Uh, wasn 't much you had to do there uh you had yeah. the mask you had what else not much makeup makeup
2: right yeah, yeah. so uh-huh. i mean well go let 's go back to the props i i think the the apartment as a whole was a prop right yeah um you can mix it with the location in a sense, but the apartment was set up as you know a real small apartment that looked like it had like they had been living there for a while. Oh, yeah. The door was all dinged up and beat up, and the hallway was, you know, kind of scratched up a bit. But all the furniture was old and worn Mm -hmm. in. It looked looked to me, like the furniture didn't look like it was in great shape, right? Maybe that's
0: what happened. So the the director and the movie creators go, okay, we can make our sets and make them look exactly the way they're supposed to be. This is where we want to shoot in real life. Okay, here's what we want to do. And they just go, no, you're not dinging anything (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be exactly the way it is right now you're gonna leave it alone
2: so are we doing are we doing a 10 and 10 then like let's a, do let's do an out of 20
0: let's let's keep it simple and
2: we'll, this is this is costume props and
0: environment lo- and yeah, location. location okay
2: mm-hmm. so what so
0: what do 20, you say delvin out of 20 points what would you give it i'll give it a 16 16 excellent how about you good sir
2: Honestly, I really thought all those things—the subway, the the overhead shots when they they show just the city upon city upon city with the subway tracks running right up into the central. Like, I thought it was presented very well. To me, that was one of the the highlights of it. So I got to do an eighteen.
0: He's a fan of the establishing shot. Hmm. Um, I would probably go somewhere in between you guys. I, I was pretty happy with it all in all. I I was fooled enough that I did not notice the brand new nature of the cars in front of the, the terrible look. I just completely missed that. Um, so I'll, I'll give it a 17 for me. All right. You wrote the numbers on the wrong spot. I did? No, it's in between. See? Like that.
1: and score. Richard, score.
0: Oh, whoops.
1: Oh man!
0: It has nothing to do with the liquids that I'm imbibing or the the lateness of the recording. It is uh, pure coincidence. Yes. So okay, so let's move on. The other quick one that we can get through is always at least at least in this film. I think it'll be pretty quick. Is the cinematography. Now cinematography is worth 20 points. So what type of shots were used when they CGI? What's the CGI? I don't really remember any CGI in this film. Didn't really need
2: it. Oh uh, gosh. Was everything practical effects? Uh, maybe some blood spatter? Probably CGI? some blood spatter, but that's about it.
1: Yeah. I think that sounds accurate.
0: Um, so, what did you guys think? Uh, we'll start with you, Richard, on the on the on the way that the uh, shots were put together and the way that the thing was kind of laced as a whole.
2: I mean, honestly, the cinematography in this was, in my opinion, I thought was great. Once again, I like clean and boring. Mm-hmm. Clean and boring doesn't mean necessarily that it's boring. Clean and boring means everything's presented how it needs to be presented. A lot of times if you do flashy cuts and you go here and there, or you short things, like you're covering up something sometimes. There's no need to cover up anything in this. Everybody talked about the scene, for example, where he was right before he was going to go on the the talk show towards the end. Sure. Right? And yeah. he's doing his little dance as he goes down the stairs. I mean, that scene was cool.
0: It was gorgeous.
2: Like, the, just the and the music like (laughs) it's funny to me the music was was funny but well placed i I don't know i just felt like everything looked how it was supposed to look everything was cut how it was supposed to cut and i love the fact that there just really wasn't it was all practical there wasn't effects that were needed but what was there was practical It wasn't CGI. It was just like, it it was like old school filmmaking.
0: Definitely. Maybe, maybe even something, somebody like a Scorsese might like, what did you think?
1: (laughs) 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 Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it kind of had that taxi, taxi driver feel to it. The kind of gritty, clean, but gritty feel to it. And I, I like that. it, It fit this movie perfectly. The, everything about it. The shots were done good. I know you were talking about the stairs scene. It's now iconic and people are actually going over to the stairs which is in, Bro- I think it's Brooklyn? I think so, yeah. And it's not a safe part of Brooklyn either. <laughs> <laughs> people are taking pictures. All right, these-
0: let's go <laughs> take a picture of the stairs. Yes. Excuse me, um, good sir, could you hold my camera? Take a picture.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll hold it. <laughs> i I thought it was pretty good man i think i think they did a good job with just everything with that Uh,
0: i have to agree now i maybe i read too much into this but for me cinematography has to serve the story it has to serve the character and the feel the feel of film yes sure but but it has to first and foremost not get in the way of the story that's being told and if it's done right it helps the story that's being told uh, in, in, a, in a number of different ways. And I think this film does that better than most that I've ever seen. Uh, it's it's really an area where, where this one shines. It's not just about the tone of the movie. It's not just about the uh, the color palette that they're using for the stuff that they've got and the type of lenses that they, they chose to, to go with. Um, but uh, the blocking is such that... Uh, the the people that need to be front and center are front and center. It supports the unreliable narrator. That's super important that we'll I'm sure talk about here momentarily. Uh, And it's because there are contributing factors, what they're trying to, to communicate in the film of what causes someone to become a joker. Uh, The environment and everything has to play into that. And that is a character but it's all filtered through perspective and the perspective is of the protagonist. So it has to be just stark and unforgiving and it really is. And I thought they did fantastic.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: It never really was uh, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but never really was a sunny day. No, it was nighttime a lot. And when it was daytime, it was overcast. So you never got that presentation of a bright sunny, summer, fall, spring day, right? That was just always not doom and gloom, but just, you know, like toned down. So it had that color feel to it.
0: Sure. Well, and you'll even, even notice those instances, which are supposed to be moments of triumph in the protagonist's um, journey uh, early on, on the Murray show where he's called out the audience when he does stand up, the light that you get is a harsh spotlight. It's never sun. It's never anything like that. Um, it, 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 I think that's very much on purpose. So now we get to score our 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 very uh, simple category of cinematography. What what say you, Delvin? Out of a good twenty points, what would you give it? Eighteen. Solid and richard
2: i like the 18 as well he also likes the
0: 18 i'll even put it in the right column this time <laughs> I, I i'll give this a 19 i think it's 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 darn near perfect I, you can't get much better I, I i definitely liked it all right so now we get into the the nitty-gritty the, the the real crux of everything plot and writing this is where the the movie lives or dies right And, uh, before we get into, before we get into the actual plot, I want to just bring up briefly, um, expectations a little bit outside expectations. I mean, there was a lot of hullabaloo about this film well before it came out and, uh, just in case you know, uh, in case you're wondering, hullabaloo is a word that people sometimes use. Uh just if you're corny like me, but it's it's still good. I like that word.
2: Or if you watch Tailspin, Baloo was one of the main characters. That's right.
1: I love Tailspin. <clears throat> <laughs> me too. I love that show. So what
0: did you think about the whole there there were a couple of, of interesting things. So one being the group of people that were Really against the concept of this film, and thought that it was going to just hurt the average person that has a mental disability or a, a difficulty, and, and paints them as villains.
1: Huh. There was a lot of aspects of this. Even when it came out, that was just to me utterly ridiculous. Like, um, <laughs> I don't even like. I don't even know how to even get into this in terms of like. Some people were saying this is the white version of Black Panther, and I found that, that insanely is ridiculous. Stupid. That is dumb. Yes, I was, I was like baffled. Like, this is the one that you want to choose to be your Black Panther? Heck
0: no, no. We we, yeah. we don't need a Black Panther. We just, you know, what we need to to not to not assign this just ridiculous stuff and just enjoy the movie or don't. Jesus.
1: Yeah, I I, I thought it. It was silly. I think a lot of aspects of the whole thing that was going around about this movie of how it was going to start mass shootings and stuff like that, to me, it was kind of silly because it was just, in the end, of the day, it was just a movie. Yeah. And we have these movies come out all the time. Like, American Psycho was a well known movie oh, that yeah. dealt with some of the same issues. Did but you feel nervous Joker, going into
0: the movie theater, Delvin?
1: No. No. <laughs> like,. And, and the funny thing about it, when I went, it really wasn't that busy. When I went to go see, which surprised me, I went a Saturday afternoon, and it was pretty quiet in there. But I'm glad the movie did well. But it shocked me that like it, I didn't have a problem, any problems finding the seat. I'll just say that.
0: Well, that may have been partially due to the fact that at least with our theater, it was playing uh, about seventy or eighty times a day.
2: They did. Uh, they had a whole bunch of copies of it, but. When I went to watch it, even just last night. There was and it was the latest show that they had for it on a Wednesday night. There was like 40 other people in there with me. So on a Wednesday night, I thought that was pretty busy. Especially when there is other same exact time there's there was a maleficent that was showing and there was a, a zombie land double tap. So people chose to come to watch that three week old movie. I think more so than what was in the other theaters.
1: That's interesting because, like I said, you said Maleficent. I can't even say her name right now. But uh, *Zombieland*, Maleficent. I can't even say it. Even Maleficent. It Maleficent, <laughs> and also the Will Smith movie.
0: Oh, that's right. The the Gemini Man, right? Yes. Yes. That was one that I very much when I saw the trailer, I go, "I need to make sure that I ignore this movie completely." Yes. <laughs> I love Will Smith. <laughs> not gonna watch it. Nope. I heard
1: it's pretty decent.
0: Uh, well, I to be fair, I'm waiting for once it's on streaming. I probably will, but with my time schedule, that is not going to get theater time for me. Um, okay, so yeah, I, I have to agree. When it comes down to it, the the stuff ahead of time is it, it was just
2: dumb. I also think those people. Never saw the movie. Uh, almost
0: certainly, if if at they're all. if they're going to say what they said, well, it's, it's 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 blaming mental illness. Yeah, they definitely didn't watch the movie, or if they did, maybe they need to take a course on how to deconstruct
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> cinema. If anything, uh, the movie is kind of the opposite, very much so. Like to to the T, it's telling you, hey, maybe we should look at our mental health system and how we treat the mentally ill because it can backfire, and how. The whole story is basically about this man who needs help, and our system is constantly failing him. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and he's being mocked for mm-hmm. the failing system.
0: Yeah, but it, something other that's something other that's interesting to me is the origin of the character in the comics. They never really nailed down an origin for the Joker. Not not in concrete. It was like early. Um, Wolverine. You never really knew his origins for a while and then seven different people did it 12 different ways. And <laughs> But uh, sometimes in the comics, the Joker is driven insane and becomes evil. Sometimes he's evil before he's driven insane. Sometimes it's there, there's a variety of different things. Like even just look at the live action versions. Look at the 1989 Batman, for example. Jack Nicholson. Would you say that he was evil because uh, he went insane from becoming the Joker? No. He was a gangster well before the uh, toxins ever happened. And a lot of the the versions of the Joker that you'll find match this particular mindset. And this is one of them. If you look at the instances where his illness uh, came to light, they were actually... Well... Talking about the unreliable narrator, tell me if you saw this the same way that I did. Now, obviously, it was it was pretty clear that his relationship with uh, uh, Zazie Beetz's character um, was all in his head. They made that very apparent. But that was a positive relationship in his mind. It was not formed in a positive way in his mind because you don't stalk the woman and then she's really happy to see you. Um, uh, but it was still a positive reinforcing thing that his, his mind was trying to do. But what about that early point in the movie where he's in the studio audience of the, the Murray talk show and he's brought to the stage in, in my mind, I thought he made that up too.
1: Okay, which part is what we talk? The beginning part?
0: The very beginning. So it's like, yes, I I I was an only child, and I see where you're coming from. And he gives him that little whisper. It's like, if I had a son, you know, yeah,
1: I, I think that that was that was made up. That definitely was made up. Well, that was, that, was.
2: that one was clearly made up. Yeah, yeah. Where well, yeah, we could tell that that was in his in his head. the The relationship, I don't think was as clear, but was still. Yeah hinted at in certain aspects, I want to say.
0: Well, and that and that to me is um uh, and that to me is is the big thing. In any instance where his mind breaks and there's something clearly that's not actually happening, they're not like voices saying, go kill, kill, kill. It's well, it's something trying to give so him what he's missing. This,
1: because I've heard an interesting theory about this. What really happened on the subway? Were those people really bullying him or was that in his head?
0: Well, it's it's entirely possible that could have been in his head too. Now, the only reason that I don't think it is, is in instances in this film where you see the unreliable narrator, where you're getting a a, a hint of of where his mental problems are occurring, it is a self-contained scene. So the instance with the Murray show, that's its own scene. The instances where he is with uh, Zazie Beetz's character, self-contained scene. They don't transition. So that one chunk you can tell is fake and the stuff around it is real. But on the subway, he clearly did kill people They came after him. So that much is true. But it's still a self-contained scene where you see everything that occurs. So if there's a break in reality, I, I don't think it happened there. I think that is exactly what actually happened. Do you, do you kind of see what I'm saying? They didn't. They didn't have a separate scene and and cut to it. It was just all one scene. I can see that. I
2: see what you think about that. Can I have one extremely picky complaint about the subway? Sure. Okay. So this was one thing that continuity wise in that scene didn't didn't work because everything had this sense of realism to it, right? Sure. I felt like they paid attention to a lot of details in things, except for that scene, which he, when he's attacked, he shot the two people with one and then two shots. The guy that was running away, he shot with one shot. Then when they got off the subway, he shot him again. So there's five. And then when he fell down on the stairs, he shot him three times. So there's eight shots.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that that's a little off. Uh,
2: that's being real picky. But for as much detail as you paid to everything, the fact that he popped off eight shots well, just you, for some reason bugged me for like ten minutes after you, I watched it. You forget
0: it. this is based in the nineteen eighties, and if you've ever watched an action film in the nineteen eighties, they never run out of ammunition.
2: See Commando. Cool. Yeah. So, like, once again, just real. That's very nitpicky. But for some something that you're going for a certain amount of continuity and accuracy, I felt like that was like <laughs> you missed a little something here. Okay, but anyway,
0: what what stood out to you, Delvin?
2: With the subway scene?
0: No, just, just in general on the plot.
1: Um, I, I, everything stood out. I think that um, I like I love the psychological aspect of the whole story. The fact that it's kind of a story of one man wrestling with his reality and what's real and what's not, and also I like the fact that if you really look at the story, he generally killed people who were awful. If you really like people who really, with the exception of maybe Zazzy Beats, they kind of alluded that she he killed her when he was in the in the um, room.
0: I did kind of get the impression, but they, they left it open
1: ended. Yes. But um, t- let's take, it for example, his mother, he kind of put out her misery. But even so, with that, they kind of made her look like th- this big secret and the big the shock of the movie, which apparently is true. He is related to Bruce Wayne, apparently.
0: Yeah. Well, they, mm-hmm. they, they confirm that. They try and make it as muddy as possible. But yes. at, towards the, the very end, the picture.
1: Yeah, confirms that he he's actually Bruce Wayne's older brother, which I think adds a really cool dynamic to the Batman Joker mythos, especially if the Joker knows that Bruce Wayne is his brother. But Bruce Wayne doesn't know the Joker is his brother. I think that would add a really cool mythos to the story. The fact like, well, Joker doesn't really want to kill him because he knows who he is. He doesn't yeah. want to tell who he is because he knows that's his little brother, essentially.
0: Well, and you can get the the kind of extra thing that this interaction that they're having is the closest thing he has to sibling rivalry or or interaction, and and in his mind, it, at that point, it's his love.
1: Yes, and that's why, he, that's why he never kills Batman, never goes to the point, even like in the animated series, when, he, when Harley comes up essentially with a better plan that would literally kill Batman. He's like, no, 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 no. He lets Batman go. He's like, I'm sorry, this is not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> I think... When you added that aspect of this movie to that, it's like ah, that actually makes sense now.
0: And that that is maybe my favorite part of the film the the, the the taking that and it completely affects, even though they're not technically related, if you can just put that lens on it, it completely changes how everything else looks.
2: Well, yeah, I also have a thought: is is the Joker character? actually a protagonist or is this is this movie actually about like generally speaking there's a conflict in a story there's a conflict and Mm -hmm. there's a resolution sure right um there's the protagonist overcoming something to claim his reward or have that victory Mm -hmm. What is his, I, I guess, what is his victory? Did he just finally let himself go and start killing people? Like, is that his victory?
1: I would say his victory is acceptance. Accepting who he is and the fact that, hey, I'm screwed up. And like, and I think it really got down to that final scene where he's sitting in there. And he, he's not dumb by a long shot. He knew when he was going on that show, they were going on to mock him. And embarrassed him, yeah. and to ridicule him, and that's why he just started telling everything about how he killed the people in the subway. He didn't explain, and that's what I found interesting about it. He didn't explain that people was bullying him or anything like that. He just kind of said, "Yeah, I killed them, and you guys are kind of following me because of this one, this one event that happened in my life that was kind of seen as altruistic by some people because they were spoiled yuppies who were." People kind of didn't like, and they were kind of the, they kind of represented the corruption of Gotham. Mm. So the city kind of looked at that like, oh, this guy's a hero. In actuality, he was just somebody who's mentally disturbed, who was being harassed, and he wasn't trying to be that voice that Gotham was looking for. But in the long run, because of how screwed up the city is, he became that.
0: Yeah, I can definitely, definitely go with that.
2: So, so as the, the story, so we, if you know anything about the, like you go in, like the title of it's Joker, you know, it's revolves around the Batman universe. Like, you know what the outcome is. Are you, as a person watching this movie, are you actually rooting for him? Like, generally speaking, that's what you do with the protagonist. Are you rooting for him? Or are you just anticipating that, oh, when's he gonna snap? We know what's gonna happen. Like is you there don't,
0: you don't have to root for the protagonist. The breaking I, bad is the perfect example of that.
1: I will say this. I wasn't I didn't find myself rooting for him, but I felt myself sympathizing him. Like when the guys was bullying him and he killed him, like, okay. Then he f- had the situation like with his mom and stuff. And he kind of the person the one person he trusted and loved he ended up finding a lie to him about everything and now she's on her deathbed so like the only part of the movie where i felt like okay i can't really and they, even though they left that part open ended is when he killed the zazzy beats character or he, he left the room or whatnot even the guy he killed who gave him the gun
0: yeah it,
1: he felt ju- he almost felt justified for every situation that he did
0: there's, there's a level of responsibility, not necessarily deservance, but responsibility in creating the situation that occurred that every person, even if you discount the fact that like with the Murray character, that the, the betrayal that he felt is partially responsible to, to something that just happened in his head. Um, but even, even with all of that, you, you can, you can still, it, it doesn't, it, they make it easier for you to not care as much that these people were killed which is also part of the subversion <laughs> they're 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 playing with the audience a little bit which i love i love movies and directors that do that and yeah, make you re-examine what is your moral compass that did, did you just feel good that these people just got their comeuppance? was that actually a good thing
2: <laughs> i I liked in the in the in the scene where he basically stabbed and bashed the one dude that the little person was just like the whole follow-up to that scene was perfect oh yeah yeah like the cowering kind of in the corner and he's like oh yeah you can go and, yeah, he, that and then he can't reach the the door, net, the, door the latch door net. and then he's like oh you see he, he laughs a little bit it's like yeah you know he goes and laughs. I'm like yeah you're you're the one person that's always nice to me. And let him go. Closed it. Done. So like that. If you, I think if you've watched or read the comics, how the Joker just he does those random things, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I, I just that fit the creation of that character. I like the fact that his, the, the, basically because he was abused so much when he was younger. That created his quote condition, which made him laugh all the time. Well, that was kind of a that that's what that's what the Joker does in a lot of his he, he laughs at things randomly all the time. Okay, so it's a yeah. condition because he got brain damage in in a, in a sense. He likes to dance. His dancing is a way for him to calm down or overcome things.
1: Well, I'm not Let even. Let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Did you guys look up the condition? Because it's actually it's an actual medical condition which I didn't realize.
2: I have heard about
0: it before. I didn't really look into it, but I, I'm still not 100% certain that he actually has a condition or at least not, not as they diagnose it. I mean, in, in some senses I can see wanting to diagnose it as that if, if you were a doctor and presented with this individual and he laughs at these instances, um, I could definitely see that. But if you listen to the things that he says, He's his laughing is not necessarily what it appears to be. It it is a release because it's like a stress thing. Yeah, and yeah. and he actually does find humor in some very dark things. You look at that notebook that he's got with everything written down on just some awful stuff. He might actually be laughing and in pain at the same time because part of him knows that he should not be laughing at this. And that causes him a, a, a source of mental anguish. So that's why he can laugh and cry simultaneously with, cause he knows he shouldn't be, but at least he knows that society thinks that he shouldn't be. It's, it, it is a potentially very interesting layer. Yes, I agree. So, Okay. So we talked about the plot. We seem to all be pretty happy with it. What numeric value would you give it, Delvin? Out of 20. Out of what? Out of 20?
1: Whew. I'm going to go 19. Screw it.
0: Sounds good. What about you, Richard?
2: Um, I, I think some of the key points I mentioned before were you saw the evolution of the character and some of the traits that the character have has as a, a formed character. You saw the creation of some of these things too, in in the course of the movie. The other thing I liked, which you've seen how Batman was quote created like a thousand times, mm-hmm. I liked how that was presented at the end of this movie too. Oh, okay. This whole situation that the Joker created, in a sense, he built on, was the foundation of why Batman was also then created. Everything
0: is related and interconnected.
2: Yes. So I I appreciated that.
1: I also like the fact that the movie did a good job of building on that Mm -hmm. throughout the whole movie. It was kind of the backdrop of the movie, in fact, where you get these little articles and these little news reports of, got them an uneasy rest and how things are like really bad for the city. You can see the city going down and then these these killers happening and these people looking for the, the actual Joker killer and whatnot. And people are like like finding this killer who they don't know who he is and they're like believing in him to be this hero and this savior. Almost like a Batman type guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fli- flipping it on its head a little bit and finding out that maybe Thomas Wayne is not quite as Nice. Yes. yes, as he's been presented in the past. Yeah. 18. 18. All right. Well, me, this this kind of uh, film is right up my alley. It's in the sense that it's dark, it's gritty, it's it takes chances that I think it hits on. It's a fantastic movie. I'll never watch again. Uh, <laughs> not what I would call a lot of a lot of replay value, but just just really really good. Um, I'm going to give it a 19 all right
1: again.
0: now now we skipped over the thing that i, I usually start with which is character or not characters actors uh, so we're going to go over that just real quick because that's going to be a full 20 points too uh but just uh was there anybody that you were excited about that was in the film that just that killed it we talked about joaquin phoenix already we talked about zazzy beats obviously de niro was in it
1: i think everybody did a fantastic job i think even the, the mother, I can't remember who the mother was.
0: Francis Conroy, um, the American, uh, not American history, uh American
1: Horror Story. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody did a fantastic job. I think it was well acted out. I think it just, it felt right. Yeah. It felt like it should feel.
0: Now, Small point of interest: uh, Francis Conroy did the voice for Ma Kent on an animated Superman uh, thing. Just kind of a, a fun thing,
2: right? Interesting. So She was in
0: also the, in Wicker Man, which is a downside, but you know,
2: <laughs> Wicker people. So this movie had basically how many characters? Like, if we want like, to get their their side characters, like Thomas Thomas Wayne, he's got some screen time. He's in the background on the TVs, on, on TV things, but he's he's there. How many characters did you see? Were let's call them quote main characters, crucial. One, two, probably five. three, three.
0: three.
2: Mean, yeah, I'd say about three. so characters. There, yeah. the Joker of course. The Joker. Yep. Joker. Uh, the mother is um, main character. Mother. Um Murray To an extent. To an extent. Um mm-hmm. uh Sophie is her name, Zazzy Beats character. Yeah. So yeah. she was yeah. there forefront, but not like that's why she didn't I say. have a ton of screen time. She she didn't. Would um, you say
1: Thomas Wayne's a main character? No.
2: No. So really there was one main character. One person who was the showcase. And I'll go back to what I said before. Like this was an actor's showcase and you see you've seen that in other movies before too this this one really like i don't honestly in the grand scheme of things i don't really like joaquin phoenix but in this movie i really like him like in gladiator he's just annoying now he's supposed to be annoying mm-hmm. he's supposed to not like him yeah but i didn't like him not because i'm not supposed to like him, i just didn't like him um he played uh johnny cash right
0: He did fantastic as Johnny Cash.
2: It was great in that movie, but like just something just like, eh, eh. But in this movie, I just felt like he, he had it. Like he, he took his game from a B plus to an A plus in this, in this one. My one problem that I had was Robert De Niro. I thought he was kind of bad in this movie. He's had, he had no personality as a talk show host. Yeah. Like, Let me not ask you this,
1: then. what did you think about the ending scene? I thought the ending scene was fantastic. Where you have these two, you have him and the Joker kind of arguing and debating the points of the city. Well, wow. in a fascinating conversation, where I thought it was fascinating because he, he, De Niro, sitting there telling him that everything that you caused this to happen, you're an yeah. awful person, and you deserve to be punished for that. You're sick.
0: But it while that while the lines were important, the actual character behind the lines was kind of absent. It it, it could have been anybody saying that, and it and it was not delivered with any sort of um, any sort of immersion into that character really.
2: And and even when he was doing his monologues in bits of the episodes, it was just there was no Cardboard. no personality. Yeah. So he was. For what you would consider the strongest of the actors, in a sense, in this movie, he was by far the weakest of the actors in here. So he was the one problem that I had, Um, considering there weren't a lot of high-end main characters. um, That that doesn't punish the score very much, but he was the one weak spot for sure in this movie. I just don't think he knew
0: what to do with it.
1: I think I'm a little more forgiving about than you guys are in this situation. I thought he was fine. I think I thought he was fine for the role he was playing in terms of that '70s game show host. I think that's kind of how they were. It's not like, and the only person who probably would have did it better was like if you get like Johnny Carson or somebody like that. But well, I- who would you get to? play that type of role. Well,
0: I think they picked the right person. I just don't think yeah. he necessarily hit, hit a home run with it. I mean, it, maybe it's partially due to the fact that De Niro is fantastic in so many things. So when he doesn't bring that a game, it, it's very apparent.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably what it is. I think you guys expectations for De Niro is too high. Maybe, <laughs> are kind of maybe too low. Yeah.
0: Now, kind of a, a thing that made me really happy, a small thing, seeing Mark Marin for a minute, his first comic movie appearance of all time.
2: He was the um, assistant the to Murray. To yeah. Murray, yes, yes. He, he popped his head in the door. That's right. That was cool.
0: God, that dude is hilarious. I've always liked to stand up, and he's fantastic and glow.
2: Um, he's got a show on, uh, had a show at least on IFC. Yeah. So that,
0: that was fun. Uh, Brett Cullen. Um, who was uh, in this movie as, uh, what was he? Thomas was, Wayne. Thomas Wayne, sorry. My brain was starting, to st- it's starting to fail. It's happening. Um, this is his third comic movie.
1: Hmm.
0: He hmm. was in The Dark Knight Rises. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah, he yeah. was a congressman. He was also in Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, he Get played the, the dad. I think mm.
1: it was. Two out of three isn't, isn't that bad. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it, it's pretty solid. But So, for numeric value purposes, I'll start this one off with what I think. The, the cast was not immense. The cast they picked was good. The execution was pretty decent. I give it a 16.
2: I'll go with uh, 17. If De Niro would have been better, we would have been top of the game. Maybe. Yeah, pretty much.
0: What do you think, Delvin? Sure. I'll go
2: with
0: 18. 18. All right. So now we will take a quick break while Richard hums music as I make uh, with the math and add everything together.
2: You know, the song that did pop into my head, and I'm not going to hum it. Is uh, um it's a Rollins band song. Okay. Um, do you have an idea on what that Rollins band song is?
0: Ghost Rider.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Motorcycle hero. Gosh, what was that on? That was on the crow. The crow. That was on the crow.
0: <coughs> uh, we're starting to start to show our age, I think.
2: Yeah. Great soundtrack. One of the top-notch soundtracks uh, of all time.
1: The crow soundtrack?
2: hmm The original crow soundtrack. Oh yeah, it's it's phenomenal.
1: I, think I remember I remember the theme song that we okay. had. So
2: it. he may
0: that Henry Henry Rollins may not be the top one that but, you would think on it, but I mean you got Stone Temple Pilots, you've got The
2: Cure Rage Against the Machine, yes, she did. Uh, Pantera was on there.
0: Uh, it it was just it was chock full of uh, uh, just really really interesting choices, and it's some, not just thematic, but it's music that you could listen to regularly. It's
2: really good. Was Filter? Was they have one? On uh, I no, can't remember. Filter no, that was, on one one. One. Yeah. That was on the second one. Was on the second one. My again. Life with
0: the Thrill Kill Cult.
2: Yep. Yeah. 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 That that soundtrack. Uh, got me into band. Oh, uh bands like Pantera and Rage Against the Machine. uh Helmet. Oh yeah, they Helmet did have had Helmet. a song in yeah. there.
0: So coming up with our, our our scores, Delvin Cox with a solid eighty six. We have Richard Geiger tying with also a solid eighty six. And I apparently liked the movie just a little bit more. At an 89, but what does that put it at here? we're going to look up. Uh, 86 puts you guys in a solid B. 89
1: puts it a B plus for me. Hmm, almost an A. <laughs> I think I'm good. With my score. Yeah, I think 86 sounds about right. No, we have, we have room for bonus points. Yeah, we
0: do because you can always add that in there.
2: But I'll I'll give one bonus point. one bonus point. I'll I'll crank it up to 87 now. I'll give one bonus point because of one of the scenes that you saw walking Phoenix when he was stretching out the shoe, mm-hmm. and you could see how emaciated he was. and you could Good see Lord. all the bones and like the skin stretched over his back as he was doing that. Um now naturally he he if you see him that like his his shoulder blades are kind of forward. He kind of has like a sunken in chest naturally. that's just kind of developing
0: scoliosis.
2: So, but, but him really kind of taking himself, like putting himself in there and really getting just all skin and bones for this role. Uh, I'll give him, I'll give him a bonus point.
0: He went on the machinist diet.
1: Yeah. You know what? I give him a bonus point yeah. for, this is going to be crazy to say this, but because of, I didn't realize this till I finished watching the movie. The Batman is set in the 90s.
0: Yes. The, so this uh, is the thing, Michael Keaton, that was 89, yeah.
2: So how the question, how, so how old is Bruce Wayne in this movie? How old do, you th- do think we like think 10. he is? Like a 10-year-old? I will
1: say he's like 10 years old.
0: Maybe, eight, 8 to 10, somewhere in there.
2: So the Batman character in his beginning. So Jim Gordon comes in Batman year one. How old is Batman in that?
1: 21, 22, something like that? It's been
0: too long. I don't remember. I should know that, but I, I, it's, it's not in my memory at the
2: moment. So what we're saying is when Batman first starts in this world, it's 90s Batman.
0: Joker is 50.
2: <laughs> well, so do we? how old do we think the Joker character is in this movie?
0: He looked like early 30s to me.
1: Yes, that's what I was going to say.
2: So we're, we're, what we're saying is there's a 20 year difference between Batman and Joker. So 50 year old Batman, I mean 30 year old Batman, 50 year old Joker, b- basically in the grand scheme of things.
0: Yeah, that that's what that's what it looks like. But if you read the comics, there have been several people that have been Joker. It's not all the same yeah.
2: dude. I don't think that's out of the realm.
1: Maybe, maybe not. Well, that's, that's what I was trying to figure out. But will this tie into the Batman movie that's coming up?
0: I can, I can only hope. I hope so.
1: Because it seems like it is. It, it, if you connect the dots to it, it seems like it's a very likely thing that this can somehow tie into it.
0: They chose Pattinson. I mean, he's going to be a, a young, young looking dude as, as Batman.
2: So Yeah, this is what they said was more detective Batman, not established action batman that'd be pretty fantastic
0: well i want to thank you very much mr cox for being on our program again and helping us review a a very interesting movie and i've got a i've got a new outro to try because this uh we're, we're very good at having awful outros so uh we want to try something new um jeez. So long, pudding people. So long as you stay sweet, you will be scrumptious. No, that's going to come off wrong. Probably mm. not a good choice. In this,
2: uh, bye bye.
0: Putting pudding everywhere and not a bite to eat. <laughs> Is that too literary? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Till next time, guys.